You know, if you're not serious about it, I'm not going to train you for two days and you could try to say the lethal train with you. So I, I yeah, really facts. scaled down this summer who I'm training. That means you're out, Christian. Sorry. Better <laughs> luck next year. Don't I got a spot? Oh, no. Nah, I train you guys for free. You guys are family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got, yeah. you guys know guys worry about that. trying to discredit me. Yeah. I'm trying to get that 10 day. I need that corner three. You feel me? Know the vibe. What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as regular schmegula, I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield, Lethal Shooter. Fellas, how are you feeling after two Game 7s? And listen, hold on, I know it's a basketball podcast, but I also got to shout out my New York Rangers came hey, back. One uh-huh. Game 7 at the Garden, uh-huh. we're advancing, no quit in New York, let's go. No the vibes. But how do you feeling about all these Game 7s that we just got finished with? I'm pumped! I'm ready for these conference finals because any one of these teams can make it to the finals. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Anybody could go. And at this point, this is like it's like the best has risen to the top. Everybody else is pretending out here. We got we got the legitimate guys out here. I'm ready to see who who's coming out on top. Lethal, are you are you surprised by by Luca Magic? I mean, they they're going to the conference finals with on the back of Luca's solo dolo. Nah, he he is who we thought he was, and and to watch him take over these games and control the pace, and most important, like we just said. The weak teams are gone. Now the best teams are at the top. A lot of people was doing a lot of talking on social media. A lot of people was doing a lot of talking during the game. But some people Uh-oh. backed it up. So it's good to see, you know, th- this is the type of basketball that we've been talking about that we want on this podcast. We want mm-hmm. bloody noses. You see Chris got the boxing gloves. We want people getting their eyes bust. I should grab him right now. Yeah, and that's what and that's what's been going on. We've been watching that 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 90s, that 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 late 90s, early 90s, early 2000s basketball, and we love it. Yeah, we're going to get into all of that. It's going to be a really dope episode of the pod. But before we do that, we want to always thank you guys for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we're on both Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys, before we get into three on five, I had a little debate with my family over over at Sports Illustrated, and we had this conversation. We also had it in pre-production on this very podcast. Who do you want? Game seven, everything on the line. Both teams evenly matched, so the rosters are equally deep, equally coached, but who are you taking in a game seven situation, Giannis or Kevin Durant? Go ahead, Lethal. All I know is both of them guys is at home right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but both of them are at home. But as I uh, broke down Giannis's game um, this year, um, the one thing I was starting to notice was if he gets this – of course, this is tough because you have to be playing grassroots. You have to be playing a, a lot throughout your whole life with a certain, certain type of skill. People mm-hmm. just started um, running back and building walls on Giannis, and he doesn't have a lot of counter moves. So it's not like, like with Kevin, if you stop him, he might can step back has he hand up in the air and blow right past you. With Giannis, it's more like if he doesn't run through the wall, 
he has to just pass it or something. So I, I would have to go with Kevin Durant because you can't stop him on the first, second, or third move. You have to continue to check him. But with Giannis, I feel like if you just run back and build a wall, it's kind of a lot of confusion. And that's what we saw in the series. They were doing a good job of closing the wall on Giannis. And he he, he has to add the sidestep. He has to add the step back. He has yeah. to add more um, all-due respect basketball IQ offensively because defensively he's a great defender. And I feel like once he gets the right – developmental team which he already has once they start evaluating and fixing that i think he's going to be a talent and i think he can be better and this is why i love lethal because yeah. he just said everything not only why i'm taking kevin durant in this scenario but right. why if you ask me kevin durant is still the best basketball yeah. player in the world and yeah. that is exactly the reason no right. shade to Giannis. right i think that the crown is definitely up for the taking next season but i can't give it to Giannis until he gets a bag as oh it's deep over right offensively as kevin durant you right. see you speak to anybody in the league and i've asked multiple basketball players this very question they say kevin durant is the hardest to guard because he doesn't care one through five he can score on you and that is almost impossible to maintain and contain do not get fooled by the sweep kevin durant is still the best in this league and i will stand on that have we seen Giannis take a pull-up jump shot have yeah we, have we seen we've him seen it but it's jumper? forced here it's and not, there it's yeah. not that you need to be able to take that shot in a game seven yes right with the game mm. on the line that's the shot that's gonna win the game mm-hmm. pulling up Right, because you're not going to be able to get to the rim. You're going to have to put a move on somebody, get by, pull up. Kyrie could do that. KD mm-hmm. could do that. I don't know. That's why That's why the Bucks need a guy like Middleton, right? That's why they, they miss that type of presence. But, yeah, no, it, it's definitely KD. But since neither of them are in these playoffs right now, I mean, I guess the flip side of this question is, you know, who in you guys' estimation is the best player left of the Ooh. four teams? Oh, you got the Mavs. We got the, the Warriors. We got the Heat. We got the Celtics. Who's your number one player left in the playoffs? Are we talking like overall or series on the line? Who do I want on both? Let's do both, right? So who's the best player? Because that that could get that could get a little interesting too. If the best player available is not the person that you want taking the last shot, is, are they really the best player? I don't I don't know. Mm. I think best player all around. Mm. I gotta go, Luca. Mm. Mm. I would say game seven on the line. Oh, you about to say something crazy? Give me Jimmy Butler. Over Tatum, over Steph, and over Luka. Jimmy Butler right now is just the perfect storm of what I think will be a championship year for the Miami Heat. Mm. I think that he has the perfect combination of talent, chip, aggression, Mm. gulliness, IQ, determination, and he's skilled. I mean, he's playing the best basketball I think we've seen from him mm-hmm. in a while. I, I mean, and that. it's consistent from series to series. It's not like, you know, one series he's on, one series he's off, one game he's on. I mean, he's going game for game, series for series, single-handedly just putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. 40 points on 20 shots in game four for Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. He's out of his mind. He's playing unconscious. It's hard to bet against that. I want Jimmy Butler. Give me Jimmy Buckets. I have to go with Luka. I feel like what Luka's doing, only reason, all due respect to Luka's basketball team, I feel like the Miami (laughs) Heat have better pieces than what Luka has. Like I I feel like if we took Luka and put him on the Heat, the Heat automatically win the championship. You know what I mean? But I feel like Jimmy has a great supporting cast, and I feel like what Luka's doing with this team – um, it just tells me that Luca's the best right now, like you say, right now, um, left left in the NBA in the playoffs. 
No, I definitely agree. I think yeah. all, all around, it's Luca. But listen, we can't knock Jimmy because... Because of his cast, yeah. No, yeah, because look, yeah. there have been many games where the Miami Heat have not really been evenly distributed in terms of their productivity. There have mm-hmm. been games where Bam hasn't really been on, at least offensively, defensively, he's always a monster. Kyle Lowry has, I think, only played a handful of games. That hamstring is driving him crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have Tyler Hero. He comes off the bench, and you have a lot of other supporting cast members. But outside of Bam, who's a, another starter, Jimmy's holding a lot of this weight because that's just Bam. Bam is not an offensive player yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not really his game. He's a defensive powerhouse. I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy is a lot of the reason that Miami is going to the Eastern Conference. He's the main finals. reason, and the biggest part was when you said that grit. He has that toughness, and if you're not tough, he's going to tell you about yourself. And most importantly, one thing I like about him, he'll he'll publicly say it too. Like you know, he's done that on past teams where he told people where I don't like this because this guy isn't tough, and I feel like he's bringing that already to the Heat, and that's what Pat yeah. Pat Riley loves. That's what Alonzo Mourning was uh, based about. They was b- built on toughness, and I feel like this is the perfect franchise for him to be at but once again I, I don't all due respect to jimmy i love him he's a great player but right now i think luca is better than jimmy it's Butler. not Fair. even just luca it's you got luca you've got tatum and uh, you see still i was Curry. <laughs> J- jimmy butler is the fourth player i'd want to take a, a shot with the game on the line <laughs> uh in these playoffs sure the way jordan Poole playing i might throw him in that mix so he might okay, move jimmy now butler you, down now number you're five. being disrespectful matter of fact give me spencer uh, dinwiddie too move move jimmy butler down to six i right, don't play jimmy butler's number real? four Jimmy Butler's number four on this list. We got, we got Luca, you got Tatum, you got Curry. Those are the three guys I know that right. will give me 50 and right. hit the game winner. Right? I, I love right. Jimmy Butler. I've seen Jimmy. You know what I, I know Jimmy Butler will do with the games on the line? He'll draw a foul and get to the free throw line. That's right? legit. I, I, yeah. That's legit. I'll take that. But Yo, if we're but talking you know no what, fouls, though? hit but that shot. But you know shot. what, though? Listen, don't underrate, don't underestimate that. Sometimes that's all you need to win. Yeah. Work smart. These are facts. Long as a These are facts. Yep. I, yep. I, I still got, that's my order. I got Luca. I'll put Tatum number two because he's got he's got the size advantage over Curry. I got Curry number three and I got Jimmy Butler number four. Both in terms well, of best players left available and hit that shot in the last he, minute. I respect been, it. He has been I, averaging like thirty and seven in the playoffs. That's kind of ridiculous. Just, like twenty eight. Yeah, no, he's, he's been he's doing crazy. some craziness, but Luca's still to me, Luca's better. Listen, I respect it, but you guys let us know who you think is the best player left in the playoffs. Like I said, get at us on social media, at Certified Buckets, Mm -hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. We definitely want to hear your answers, and we'll probably discuss them on the next show. So moving on, though, the second round is now complete, and it was a hectic one. A lot of storylines on and off the court. A lot of hands thrown. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, some shade being thrown mm-hmm. on national television. Yo, and, shout out to Patrick Beverly. You know, some oh. jokes and memes going around. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up all of that, and we're also going to shift our focus to the conference finals in this edition of 3 on 5. All right, y'all, check ball. It's time for us to go 3 on 5. All right, so topic number one, we're going to start in the Western Conference Finals where, listen, to even get to that point, the Suns put up a atrocious performance. We'll definitely talk about that. But 
Luka mm. and the Mavs completed that comeback and defeated the Suns in seven games, with Game 7 being in Phoenix. Now, although the Mavs are the team moving on, there are a lot of conversations happening, not just about the performance of Dallas, but also about the collapse of the Phoenix Suns. Mm. Christian, was this series more mm. about the Mavs winning it or the Suns losing it? A hundred percent about the Suns losing it. Anytime you win mm. sixty more, sixty or more games and lose in the second round, it's a disappointment, mm. right? Um, especially when you're leading two zero. It's just tough for the Suns. And then on top of it, you got Chris Paul, who's now what's this? His fifth time having a two nothing lead and losing the series. And he's got the French. He's got the NBA history record now because he broke his own record after setting four. And we can't blame this on Scott Foster because he can't blame there. it on Scott Foster. Can't blame <laughs> it on Scott Foster. So it, it's tough. Um, but I think also that discredits what Luka and the Mavericks did. I mean, coming back from down 2-0 to beat this team, we, we know what the Suns have been capable of all season long, right? And now for them to just come out and lay a dud in, in the conference finals, I mean, the conference semifinals. I mean, this reminds me of what we were talking about at the beginning of the year. Last year, they played injured teams all the way through up until they met Milwaukee where they lost. This year, they didn't get so – I mean, even still, right? The, the Mavericks didn't even have Tim Hardaway Jr., Right, they're missing. They're missing guys, and they still. The could. Mavs don't even have a team nearly as deep as Phoenix. And I mean, I want to throw this stat out here for you because I know how much you guys like numbers. Both Luca and the Suns scored twenty-seven points in the first half. That is an abomination. That's unacceptable. An abomination. It- you have Chris Paul. You have Devin Booker. You got Bridges, Aiton, Crowder. You got shooters. Twenty-seven points in the first half. Yo, move them to move Lethal. them to Seattle. Lethal from a from a more intricate perspective of the game what the hell went wrong what happened they didn't take him serious mm. and, and, and and i feel like people got caught up in the how do i explain it where they, they was trying to be tough guys but they was forgetting about basketball because if you notice when they went down like 30 or 40 they didn't even seem like they had a sense of urgency they should have been Not picking up they should have been picking up full court they should have been dubbed they should have been running around like with chickens with their heads cut off and it was just it was just bad and, and you know and, and as i was watching even the guys on the bench one time they was down like 40 plus and I don't, I'm not going to put no names out there, but one of the dudes on the bench had a smile on his face. If I was the coach, I'd like it would have been a problem. Bro, like, being down 47? Yeah. At some, home. 47 it was, it was, at it was home. Unacceptable. In a game seven. And I pray what they're trying to say that DeAndre Ayton said to his coach that was wrong because if he said that to his coach, like he needs to come out and do a public apology. What do he say? Allegedly, we allegedly, heard. yeah, allegedly. Thank you for helping me. Allegedly, <laughs> we heard, we heard. It was just, I pray he didn't say that because there's a reason why the coach only played him 17 minutes. You do not mm. not play this guy, you know. Well, yeah. Speaking on that, played 17 minutes and was benched in the final quarter. So, I mean, given the storyline within the storyline, right? Has he? And again, you know, top of the season, we were talking about the Suns need to pay this man. He's kind of already showcased his worth and what he is as a contributing factor of this team. And they were dragging their feet on that contract. Now this just abysmal performance from the team as a whole. And then, you know, the conversations that may or may not have transpired. You know, has he played his final game with the Suns? Yeah, I would think so. so. The way this, the way this, and and you got it. You got to remember, it's not like some end of the bench guy who's getting into it. This is DeAndre Ayton. He's gonna get a max deal from somebody. Someone's gonna run that bag to him, right? If I'm, who knows? I don't know what teams out there need. Shoot, would you like him on the Knicks? Would you? Who who knows? Right? You might be losing. You're gonna lose Mitchell Robinson. I have to say something. I feel like if he's looking for a max, right? 
Mm. And it's not his fault, but they can't that that can't happen with just happened. He has to show that he's so good for Max that they could be able to give him the ball. He could do whatever he want when he wants. And Luca is a prime example of he can do whatever when he wants, whenever he wants. You get where I'm coming from? And yeah. we know Chris Paul was tired. It's okay, bro. Chris Paul was tired. And I feel like Devin Booker might have been a little bit exhausted as well. And I feel like that's when players like him are supposed to step up that anything that comes in the lane, he's blocking it. Anything that he gets in the post, he's Shaquille O'Neal. He's doing certain things. And I feel like he wasn't doing that. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I think the coach was saying, hey, we want you – to be like a, a Shaq or Wilt, you know what I mean, a certain type of stuff. And he just wasn't showing that type of enthusiasm that it takes as a center to for a team to jump on your back. I would love to see him with ball. To me, I think Charlotte is prime time now, if you That'd guys can correct me. If they I could, they, listen, yeah, it depends on who you got as a coach. You know what? I would love to see him go to Sacramento. I just started helping a few guys from Sacramento, so I would love to, for them to get a big man. Going on the topic of DeAndre Ayton real quick for all of the people listening, just to give you a little bit of information on what transpired, allegedly DeAndre Ayton was not feeling Monty Williams' substitution, sure. um, right. and he pressed them about it. Right. And Monty Williams did not like, I guess, how he was pressed about it and said, what did you say? They got into a little altercation that had to be separated. Right. And then per little Wayne, who was sitting courtside, <laughs> um, <laughs> he said that he heard um, Monty then saying to DeAndre Ayton in some sort of capacity, you're freaking right. quitting on us. Right. And then, you know, in the locker room, you know, it transpired some more and it has been, you know, as we know, DeAndre Ayton did not speak to the reporters after that game. Right. And it also mm. is being reported that DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams have not spoken since game wow. seven. Wow, see, so that's unacceptable. Whatever transpired definitely rubbed all parties involved the wrong way. So, you know, listen, losing and losing like that, getting your ass whooped can definitely, you know, ruffle some feathers. But I think, you know, we've seen situations where coaches and players get into a spat. Look at Miami with Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra. But I think what the difference maker between championship teams and teams that don't win championships is being able to brush that to the side and focus on the common goal. And that's winning. And you haven't heard anything from Spolstra and Jimmy Butler since water under the bridge. This was just kind of an imploding of a lot of different factors. I think DeAndre Ayton really never got over the fact that he wasn't paid. I think that, you know, that was always in the back of his mind and he was always, you know, somewhat aggravated by it, as you could imagine. And I think that the collapse of the Suns oh, in Game 7, right. you know what it's I mean? Like, Probably yeah. just, yeah, like, damn. you know? Like, right, right. I After right. all that. But, Here's, but yeah, if you want another team to give you your money, the way that he handled that mm. was that, that wasn't professional. Because the way, the type of coach he got, we could be wrong. I mean, the dude might be showing up something we don't know, but he don't have the type of coach that's just continually cussing them out, calling them motherfucking doing. He has seemed like the type of, he seemed like he has the coach, the type of coach that's like a motivator. So like, right. I feel like a coach like that, when he coming at you saying a certain type of thing, your response should never be back negative to him because he's not. He doesn't seem like the type of coach that's trying to be all up in your shit. So yeah. I feel like for DeAndre to do that, he is he can get a lot of money, but what you just showed another franchise. You can't fall under pressure like that. You got to show that you can handle the pressure, and that's why the big people get the big bucks, you know? And, and that's why I think that we're going to see the Spurs make a contract offer. 
I think Ooh, that be I think perfect. if you put this, yeah. I think if you put Greg Popovich with yeah. him, yeah. if you have you have already a supporting cast, they showed you that when you have a big man that can make plays out of the post yes. score like that, yeah. I, I think that's, that's a perfect a fit for him. San yeah. Antonio, make that call and uh-huh. run me my check too. Stop playing. Good job. Well, that was before game. we move on from this topic, we you know all the blame can't be on DeAndre Ayton. Oh, Devin no. Booker three for fourteen for eleven points. Right. Chris Paul four for eight for ten points. So you're two superstars the guys who are supposed to drive this boat and have big games either collectively or individually could not get the job done a lot of people you know were throwing shade at Devin Booker because a lot of the times there are comparisons between him and Kobe Bryant and people were saying don't ever make that comparison again and if you Mm. let Pat Bev tell it Chris Paul is not the point god and stop giving him that title because he's not that guy Mm. so what do you make of those performances was it just a bad game or was it just not being able to ride to the occasion because you're not that guy number one we got to keep patrick beverly away from national tv for a long time he's going (laughs) to stir up the pot any chance he gets i I think we realized that maybe the suns are who we thought they were and who's that that's a team that played injury ridden riddled teams on their way to the finals Mm. like yeah sure they've got the best record in the regular season but where does that get you when you don't have the best player on the floor Mm. right luca was the best player luca's calling his shots there was no one that could guard him you've got (laughs) mikhail bridges who is a a runner-up for defensive player of the year can't check him. Nobody wow. can. Jay Crowder can't check him. Poor Cam Johnson ended up on the floor yeah. trying to guard Luka, right? You can't do that. That takes your confidence, right? So what are they going to be able to do? And on top of that, Chris Paul's 37 now. And it's like as soon as his birthday came, it's like it just it, the wheels fell off. How much he's talking about he's, doing, he's not going to retire. How much is he going to have left? And on top of that, Pat Bev did say some things that made sense. Defensively, Chris Paul, you, you got to find a way to hide him. And if you're if you got a guy like Luca who's just gonna seek out those matchups, what do you say? Time, he called him a safety cone. Called a him a cone. <laughs> called him a cone. He said why? Because when you put a cone on the floor and you try to move, it wasn't Le- do. Stay Le- still. Luca got cones in his gym right now. You know I don't what use cones. cones. I don't use cones. That's for <laughs> high school. Bro, it's bad, bro. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and we're talking about bad, but like they still had the best record in the, in the regular season, right? So it's kind of like, what do you really want? From well, them? we want all agree in a regular season, ain't nobody playing no defense. So exactly. the regular season is all due respect. I mean, the game a record's changes. a record. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. A record's a record. But we know that that basketball is fake. Like people see in the playoffs, <laughs> in the playoffs, that's that's the real basketball. These dudes, mm-hmm. they are locking up. They playing help side defense. They're diving on the ground. And what the Suns have showed us once again, this team is not it. Ooh, you get what I mean? Lethal. No, I'm just saying. Lethal shooter. I love it. So how do you fix it? Because you're paying Chris Paul. He's not getting any younger. Devin Booker is still young, and I think you know you can't allow a couple of bad games. No, I'm keeping series to change to change your narrative on a player. Definitely top twenty in the league, but. You know, Draymond Green said two years ago, free Devin Booker. What what does that mean? What does it look like? I don't know. If you losing DeAndre Ayton this summer too, that's another blow. If you losing Ayton, I don't know that you can replace him with another big unless you're trying to go get what like Vucevic. But you got you got to get something. You got to give something nah, to get something. Gotta, what you gonna do? Go get. get Gonna go get Mitchell Robinson. That's that's that. Does, nah, I'm keeping it's, DeAndre it's over that. Yeah, yeah. So they got to swallow their pride. They got to make some tough decisions. Is Chris Paul the guy who's gonna be able to get you there? Right. The point guard. Yes, we know what he's been able to do over the course of time. But like time and time again, zero six for his last six game sevens. That's bad. And you can't continue to blame Scott Foster. Yes, there's the history there. But CP three man, it's it's really CP zero for six right now. That's what it is, and it's bad right now. So. 
I don't know. Maybe you try to pull a trade. That's tough. Thirty million dollars each of the next three years for CP. I don't know, man. It's safe Woo. to say a lot of eyes will be on Phoenix in the off season. And fun fact: the Suns took DeAndre mm. Ayton over Luca mm. in the draft. Just want to put that out there. You know, imagine sometimes. if you had Booker and Luca on the same team. Sometimes you make mistakes and you wish you could go back and do it again. <laughs> a lot of mercy. And I'm a Knicks fan, so I know what that's like. Listen, moving on to topic number two, the other game seven of the second round took place in Beantown, a.k.a. Boston, as the Celtics made work of the Milwaukee Bucks. Grant Williams, Lethal, had himself a game. He went off from the three-point range, hitting eight of the Celtics' 22 three-pointers. And Giannis struggled after a hot start as he was unable to will his team to victory without Chris Middleton. Lethal, what jumped out to you the most during this Game 7 from the Celtics? The Celtics did a great job of moving the ball. And most importantly, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of Jason Tatum. He's he's mm-hmm. one of those superstars that he don't over-dribble anymore. If you notice uh, early in his career, he will over-dribble. And now when guys are wide open, he's just like, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm going to trust in my teammate and pass the ball. And you remember he wasn't doing that at first. And I feel like with Giannis, with Chris Middleton being out, Giannis, he seemed like he tried to do it by himself. And that's why I think they shot mm-hmm. so bad from three, and that's why I think they were so bad because um, other guys couldn't get into a rhythm, and they needed somebody else to pick up Chris Middleton's uh, lack of, of scoring because he wasn't playing. And I feel like what the Celtics did, they just played team basketball. You know what I mean? But the Bucks, they, they Giannis, it seemed like to me when I was watching, he was just trying to go downhill every single every single play. So shout out to uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, you know, he he he's the reason why Grant got off. He's the reason why other guys got off because he got off the basketball. You know who's not getting their flowers, and maybe they are getting their flowers, but we're gonna give them some more. Ime Udoka. Oh Shout out man, to my Ime bad, Udoka. my bad. Yeah, he's yeah. already a legend because he's yes. married to Nia Long. So. Yeah, I, mean, I, yes. I was gonna bring that up last, but we'll start yeah. there. Number one, he got Nia Long in the back pocket. Right. You're already bulletproof, right? Right. That's, that's number one. Right. First, second, takes out Kevin Durant. Has Kevin Durant, like I said, looking like Marshawn Brooks in the first round of the playoffs? It was bad. Then he knocks out. Mike Budenholzer and Giannis. I mean, right. Mike Budenholzer is a mastermind. Right. Say what you want to say about him. Offensive genius unmatched. Giannis brute strength, and, and you find a way to survive that. I think the Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. I know, Ash, you're a diehard Heat fan, but I, I just see what no, he's No, I'm a diehard Knicks do. fan, but I uh, rep the home squad also. Uh-huh. So. I thought the home squad was the Knicks. What's going on? No, but Miami's where I live now, nah, so I got to, you know. And, oh, no. and Bam's one of my best friends, so I'm, yeah. I'm always rooting for him to win. Bam's a good dude, but I don't know what they're going to do about Tatum. I, I need Jalen Brown to step up. He's been playing great. He needs to play, continue to play great. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this series, but just talking about Game 7, I mean, Jason Tatum. The steps he's taking, you mentioned it, just moving the ball, but also defending. Mm-hmm. Like, he's taking another stride in that area. The shots he's hitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's looking like he's working out. Like, he's in the gym with you, Lethal, shooting against Chris Paul. He's <laughs> man, shooting against he's doing Cones. doing a good job, man. Him and Drew Hanlon are doing a good job of taking his game to the next level. And sorry to cut you off, but no, when, you I, when I was in there with Grant a few weeks ago, uh, Tatum was in there late at night, too. You know what I mean? And, and that's what it takes. You got to be in the gym 10 o'clock at night. Grant shot, like, yeah, like 10 o'clock clock at night and then Tatum came in right after and it's like if you really want to be the best not saying these other guys aren't doing that but like don't go run into the gram don't go run into mm-hmm. twitter don't run to the gym 
You know what I mean? And the one thing Facts. I'm starting to see about a lot of NBA guys, all due respect, it's like they, they, they be so worried about social. And if you go look at Tatum page, it's just, man, he really posting for real. People like Grant, yeah. they really posting. So it's like just focus on the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's showing. I, he hungry. I think yeah. this series is a lot more evenly matched than people are, are giving it credit for. You have the number one defense in Miami versus yeah. the number one offense yeah. in the Celtics. But in reverse, the Miami Heat are ranked better offensively than yeah. Milwaukee. I believe they're number three. And then on the other side of the coin, Boston is the number three defense in yeah. the NBA. So they're very evenly matched. This series, I believe, is going to come down to defending home court for mm-hmm. Miami. Um, when you have home court advantage, it is pivotal that you win every single home game because that ultimately will result in you winning the series. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come down to really, I think, look, what Miami does in the absence of Kyle Lowry, I don't really know what the situation is with that. We've seen hamstring injuries before. You know, we saw it with James Harden last season. Every time you think that you're ready to come back, it reminds you that you're not. Mm-hmm. In the absence of Kyle Lowry, you know, Tyler Hero will run the offense. But you still lose a little bit of that scoring help. So, so you need somebody to step up. You need a big game, a few big games from Bam offensively. He can't just live on the board. You got to go ahead and get him, you know, to pull up with some jumpers, live in the paint. You know, Max Struess is a guy I'm a big fan of. He's having a moment. Um, and I think it's also going to come down to schemes. These are both really well-coached teams. You know, Spolstra has been to the promised land before. I personally believe, and I know some people will argue with me when I say this, Eric Spolstra is going to go down as one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. Hands oh, absolutely. Down. I know people will say, oh, you know, he's not, you know, a Steve. Uh-huh. No, he's going down as one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. He will be in the Hall of Fame, and when you say GOAT coaches, Eric Spolstra will be in that category. Uh-huh. It's going to be nail biters every single game and it's going seven this game this series is not ending in any games before seven it's going all the way i I agree with you there i just agree that well i disagree that it's going miami um i think it's going to be boston that wins it and they're going to have to win it in miami right that's going to be the way it's going to have to happen um unless they win in six right who's to say that boston can't win in six remember they started their season 18 and 20 Mm. right and then they hit the switch how they hit the switch. They got healthy, and then they just started really ramping up that defensive effort. They had the number one defense in all of basketball the second half of the season. They played incredible basketball. I think it's going to come down to, yeah, Tatum's going to have to be great, but what are you getting from Jalen Brown? What are you getting from Marcus Smart? You know, is Robert Williams going to be healthy enough to play all the games? Al Horford's going to make a big This is going to be such a great series, man. I can't wait. Let's dive into this series because, you know, that's topic number three. We touched upon it a little bit in in topic number two, but conference finals. We got Boston. We got Miami. The two teams remaining in the East. The series will start shortly after we are done recording this podcast. Miami's about to be nuts. Um, So forgive us for not being able to recap game one, but don't worry. We will have all the recaps for games one through four when we see you guys next week. But Christian, you know, you gave me your pick. You have the Celtics winning this. You say possibly in six. Lethal, I want to give you a stat line. The Heat were the number one three-point shooting team in the league at 37.9%. But the Celtics were 14th at 35.6%. Now, if you listen to that tale, you know, that age-old basketball tale, you live by the three, you die by the three. So obviously you can't rely on that. But knowing that statistic, 
Does that lean you more to one side or the other in this series? No, because the thing about the playoffs is you, you see a guy that normally doesn't shoot gets shot, a guy that normally makes shots misses shots. So I don't really go by those type of things. You I, And I feel like in these type of series – you have to um, make adjustments. And, and I feel like with the Heat, the type of adjustments that the Heat might make, let's say Grant might not get the shots, but another player might get the shots. It might be his moment. So those type of numbers right there, I, I don't really comply with when it comes to the NBA playoffs. Let me go back to something else real quick, though, before you jump in, Christian. Yeah. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. You know, we touched upon that a right. little bit a few minutes ago. He is someone who's been to the promised land as well. Right. You know, he's a championship-winning point guard. And... You know, run, having that leadership and having that composure of someone who's been there, you know, is unmatched. Although Tyler yeah. Hero will step up and go ahead and run that offense in his absence, right. it's not the same. So what does Miami do? What would that game plan be for you to overcome a stacked Boston team that may be getting, I believe, Robert Williams back in some capacity? You know, you have the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. You have the, you know, the two Jays. It's a stacked team. Well coached as well. How do you overcome the absence of Kyle Lowry for has for as many games as he will be, you know, missing? That's tough. It's going to be tough because on paper right now, the Celtics look like look like monsters. You know what I mean? <laughs> Only because, you know, players like Duncan Robertson, players, I'll uh, do respect, Tyler Euro. There are certain players that the Celtics are going to seek out like a shark yeah. on blood. You know what I mean? So mm. as much as they got a killer over there in Jimmy Butler, unfortunately, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. J Jason Tatum isn't like the killer, like how Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are, but he's a killer hooper, you know, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So, like, Jimmy and them talk that talk. Tatum ain't going – he's a silent killer, you know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like the Celtics have more guys that are just – about that but if Kyle Lowry was leading this squad absolutely I, I would I would I, there's certain ways but with this this lineup right here as a coach I wouldn't know I would just have to say you know let's play hard let's 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 let's, let's just go at it you know what I mean <laughs> do you do you bring Kyle Lowry back even if he's 70 percent able to play I'll, I'll wait to the you, second game okay mm. I'll wait to the second but you game. will bring him back at some capacity in this series whether he's 100% or yeah, not your season on the line yeah your season on the line and it's not about we don't need you doing nothing crazy we just need the guys to feel your energy and 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 I would play um what's the older guy on the heat what's his name you're gonna give Haslam some minutes no no I, I'm okay. being serious I, I would I would give him like six minutes but I need him to just bring havoc like you know when guys come to the lane of course don't hurt anybody you gonna have him guard Tatum no. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you this right now. Haslam is not afraid to take a tech for the cause. That's you what I'm he saying. Will. He know what the cause is. He, he just good looking. He'll, he'll come in that yeah. game for six minutes, wreak havoc, get right. ejected, and do right. it again the next game. Right. That's care. what we need. That's what we need. Here's what this series is going to come down to, guys. Number one, can the Heat hit threes? We know they've been That's able to, point. but can they continue to hit them at a high level? Number That's two, how are they going to guard Jason Tatum? That's what I'm saying. Can Bam guard him, really? That's no. really what it boils down ah, to. Can yeah. Bam slow? I think Bam has the size. I think yeah. he's got the speed to guard him. But Tatum's bag, we talk about Giannis, Tatum's bag is crazy. What is he? What are they going to be able to do about that? And third, I mean, it's going to come down to just like physicality as well. We know how, how Boston likes to play. Right. We know they like to rough you guys up, but... You guys got people like PJ Tucker. You've got a Bam. You got a Jimmy. Those guys. This where the boxing gloves at. I need those. That's what we're gonna get in the conference finals. I'm looking forward to it. I got Boston. Mm. All right, go ahead, Lethal. Make your pick. I got Miami in seven. Mm. I, I I go with Boston. Boston in six. I'm saying it now. I go with Celtics Boston. in six. I go with Boston. Makes me sick. I'm from New York. Are you York. going Boston like in six Boston with Christian? 
I hate when y'all do this. Uh, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go Boston in six. There you go. Okay. Yeah, lethal. Moving on to topic number four, we're going to shift our focus to the wild, wild west. And we just recapped how the Mavs stunned everybody by advancing over the Suns to the Western Conference Finals. And what is their reward? The Golden State Warriors. Lethal, the Warriors are coming in as the favorites, as expected. It's a deep team from top to bottom. Obviously, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Wiggins. I mean, the list goes on and on. But a few people are saying that the Mavs could upset this championship team. How do you see this series playing out? I've been hearing that as well, and it's tough. As much as I love Luka, you know, Steph and them have been here before. You know, Draymond mm. has been here before. Clay had, you know, what's funny. People were saying Clay couldn't shoot. Clay couldn't do this. What did he do in game six? He'd been here before. He's ready for the moment. As much as I love Luca, as much as I love Mark Cuban, that's my guy. Shout out to Nico Harrison. He's doing a great job over there as a GM for the Mavs. Shout out to my guy, Jason Kidd, as well, head coach. He, he's another one we don't give kudos to. You know, he's another one that's, you know, it's his first. Love me some J.K. Yeah, he's doing a good job. You know, his first year with the Mavs, and they're all the way here right now. But, unfortunately, the Warriors have been here before. So, I feel like the Warriors might take with take this one only because they, they've been here and they're poised and they're prepared. And I think um, Andrew Wiggins might do a better job of gu- using his length, and Draymond might do a good job of, of, of keeping Luka a little bit contained. Because That's NBA All-Star Andrew Wiggins. I apologize, <laughs> NBA All-Star Andrew Wiggins. I think Where he's going to do, do a good job. So I'm excited to see this, but I'm going to have to say I'm going to have to go with the Warriors. Luka won the EuroLeague Championship in 2018. Right. Um, he's won three ACB championships. He's played at the highest level, even if it's not in the NBA, right? He's won a bunch of different cups. He's won a bunch of different championships internationally. And I think that carries over to the NBA because this is basketball at the highest of the high level right now. And he's been in these situations where it's, yo, you either go to the next level or you go on home. I like Luka in this series. You know what wow. it is? This kind of happened to me, and I, I wrote about this for the New York Daily News. When, when the when the Mavericks and the Lakers played on March 2nd, mm-hmm. and Luka just found the switch onto LeBron every time and attacked him and attacked him and attacked him and won the game, basically attacking LeBron. I realized at that moment, I right, Luka, there's no one. And granted, yes, LeBron is not the same defensive player he used to be, but to have that mindset where this is the king, I want him, I'm going to go at him, I got Luka. I don't think there's anybody who's got that mindset. I don't think anybody's going to... I think Draymond's going to have to really pull every tool out of the back of his pocket. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they slow him down. I don't know how you I do mean, that, especially if you've think, got the other guys that's going to hit shots as well. I don't think you can slow Luka down, but yeah. I think with this series, if it were a one-on-one competition, sure. I would say right. Luka has a chance, but it's That's what Luka sport, makes. So. Luka makes the game a one-on-one competition because yeah, everyone is looking at him. And but then, the Warriors ain't you know about to play is? that the one-on-one Warriors, game. The Warriors aren't he gonna... makes you play that. They, the Suns weren't supposed to play that game either, though, right? The Suns weren't supposed to play that the game, Suns and they ended no up getting sucked into bro. it. The and Suns ain't won no facts. chips. These are facts. These the are Suns, facts. We'll the see. The Suns play a different scheme also than Golden State does, and I think it's hard to bet against a Golden State team that is not only deep in starters but deep in their bench. I right. mean, they ain't been tested yet. The Warriors been sleepwalking. The hell, Memphis just took them down to the wire. What? They they was bullshitting in that series, and you saw it. They didn't even they, take that. What game was that where they would look like they were sleepwalking all the way through? Yeah, they was, and they still that was game won. Five. They, right. that, that, that's game not five a serious. Yeah, you right? Whatever you game right. that was, you know, y'all know what game I'm talking about. You the Warriors right. been chilling. They been coasting. Now they got to step up. 
It's definitely not going to be a cakewalk. I think the series goes six. I have Warriors in six. I think that, you know, the Mavs at home are, you know, are, are just an anomaly. Like, it's just almost impossible to take them down. And your role players tend to play better at home. It's just hard to go ahead and think that the Mavs are going to be able to steal at least two games at the Chase Center. It's hard to think that those role players are going to have that same type of game when they're up against Steve Kerr and his adjustments and his scheme. They're not facing Mike Brown. You know, this isn't the, the, the Grizzlies series. You get Kerr back. Now it's like, you know, Kerr knows these guys inside and out, and there's just so many weapons. You know, if Steph's off, Jordan Poole's on. If Jordan Poole's off, Steph and Clay are on. You know, Draymond offensively has not been good this series, but defensively he is one of the best to ever do it. And you can't, you know, take away all the supporting players who are good for a couple of points, who will live on those boards. It's just that Luka is a beast but he's just one guy and if he had even one other person and one other star with him that he could rely on I would say I don't know the Mavs the Mavs could take this but with it just being Luka and your second best player is what Brunson you have Dorian Finney-Smith like, come on, you that's not enough to take down Golden State. It's definitely not going to be a wash. It's definitely not going to be a sweep. And shout out to Reggie Bullock. I'm happy for him, like former Nick. But it's just not enough to take down a team as deep as the Golden State Warriors. I don't I don't know that I agree. You know, mm. I, I don't I don't think okay. that we've seen Clay look like the old Clay consistently he enough. I, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think that, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about the, the Warriors of old who have won, but Andrew Wiggins hasn't won anything, and neither is Jordan Poole, and you're playing a lot of the playing those guys a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Jordan Poole's having one hell of a season. He's having one hell of a season, but what has he done in terms of winning? Mm. Right, he hasn't. He hasn't well, been part who, of a championship team. Who on the Mavericks? I mean, you take away. Sure, Luka, yeah, no, no. Jason Kidd. Dro- who's dropping thirty oh, he's points about dropping. a game? That's t- Spencer Dinwiddie gave you thirty the other night. But who's doing, doing that? Con- who's doing bro, that? They're not going to do that for six games, bro. Every, somebody's going to have to step up. Listen, they were, listen. They exactly. weren't supposed to. They weren't supposed to beat the Suns, right or wrong? They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. The Suns were supposed to win at home. Their role players supposed to play better in Game Seven. Right, and they're here. I'm not doubting the energy that's surrounding the Mavericks, and I'm not doubting the impressiveness of their season and their run in the playoffs. I'm simply saying when you look at a Jordan Poole who can drop 30 consistently night in and night out, when you look at a Clay who can shoot 10 three-pointers in a game, when you look at a Steph Curry who can have an atrocious first half and then all of a sudden flip a switch and he's like making shots and his back is turned to the rim, who on the Mavericks can compete with that to when you take Luka out of the equation? Luka is one guy, and it's going to take more than one guy to beat the Warriors. And I don't think the Mavericks have a guy that's as consistent as Luka to help him out. It's just not enough. And it's unfortunate. And this is why we have been advocating for the Mavericks to build around Luka the correct way for seasons. Because had they built around Luka and have given and gave him a substantial partner in crime, and then have a bunch of role players, this would be a drastically different conversation. But they've been basically bullshitting with how they build this team, Ooh, and it's Luka, and then talk. everybody below him is tears below him, and now you're in a situation where you're facing a team that's deep from top to bottom, and you don't have the gravitas to go toe-to-toe with them because you didn't build your team correctly. This is the Mavericks' fault. It did not have to be like this to them. 
They had ample time to change the dynamics of this team, the construction of this team, and they've dragged their feet on it every single season. And now you're going to see what that looks like. I got a comparison for you, Ash. Who was who was LeBron's partner in crime in Cle- partner in Cle- partner in crime in Cleveland? Kyrie. Before he left the first time, Zydrunas Ogalskis. You had a bunch of other guys that were Fair. not star caliber, the and they league, made it to the finals. But that's LeBron yes, the James. league. Is, and this is what and we're this, league, and this and is Luka Doncic. Much and the league is much different. It is, but listen. All I'm saying is. I got the Mavericks walking into the Chase Center and winning game. I'll one. tell you this mm. right now: if that if that LeBron team in Cleveland was in this era, they will or smash not era, the Mavs. This, they no, yeah. the Mavericks would cook them. What? Ooh, yes. Are you kidding me? Who's stopping LeBron? And back then, LeBron, but Dorian Finney Smith. What I'm though. saying is, if you look at if you put up those two teams together. What I'm saying is, is 2007 LeBron, that era is drastically different than 2020 basketball and 2020 Luka. I would I'm love not to saying, see that. I would I'm love not to see saying Luka's down. better than him. I'm saying a lot of the things that LeBron was able to do in that series, you may not be able to do in 2022. So it takes away some aspects of the game. And also, I think that the Mavericks, comparing the two teams, LeBron out of the equation, Luka out of the equation, the Mavericks have a better team. Yeah, but yeah. I think the reason I brought that up is because I think sometimes there's individual talents who can transcend the need for a second star. Think about who was who was Allen Iverson's second best player. We're talking about Aaron McKee. We're talking about Tyron Lue, Eric Snow. We're talking no different league, same level of star power. We've got Luka Doncic who you cannot stop. And the Mavs tried. They tried to put who they put. They gave him Kristaps. That didn't work. I'm, they said, I'm hey, telling we're you get right you now, if you, put, if you put that Cavs team against this Golden State Warriors team. I don't care if LeBron dropped fifty; he's not beating them in a series. I, th- I thought not. we said. I thought we said the Cavs versus the Mavs. We we we've been we bouncing all around. No, you but I'm saying but. if you put that, if you're comparing this Mavs team to that Cavs team and how no, they're better. They, I no, agree no, with you. No, in no, that what I'm this, saying this is, Mavs team is better. What I'm saying is, if you're comparing them in the fact of LeBron was able to go ahead and have that team win well in the strength of him alone, because everybody else was kind of a quote unquote scrub, no shade, right. to this Mavericks team. One, this Mavericks team is deeper, but taking the Mavericks out of the equation, if you put that Cavs team against this Golden State Warriors team, yeah. LeBron's not beating them in a series. I don't care how don't good think he's so. playing. No, because they got too many weapons. That's my point. So you that only works when you're playing a team that's not as deep as the Warriors are. If you tell mm. if the if the Mavericks had to play the Suns in the conference finals, I would say the Mavs can she go just ahead and baited take you that. to pick in our team, bro. But uh. the Warriors, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, you just I would agree have to with the other. You might as well come on to nah, the winning listen, side. I got, I got the Mavericks walking into the Chase Center, winning game one, and flipping that series on its head. What you got? Mm. And John and John wants me to remind you that 07 LeBron got swept by the Spurs in the finals. So. Mm. He, he got there, though. Well, I'm going Warriors in six. What's your pick? I got Mavs in six. Yeah, I got All right, Warriors Lethal. In six. I, I got Warriors, Warriors in, six. in six. Only because of what Clay just did, because I know as a shooter – what he just did now is his, his – you can't tell him nothing right now as a shooter. Like, his swag is bad. He's not – I'm telling you, I'm I'm vouching for this right now. He's about to murder for the rest of these series now. Well, we are going to round out this episode – well, not this episode. We're going to round out this version of 315 with a topic that is, you know, very hard for me to discuss because <laughs> – this is not a good time of year for me. I dread this day every single basketball season because I have PTSD as a Knicks fan. Mm. And that is 
the NBA draft lottery. It goes down tonight. And um, yeah, so the draft order has come out for the 2022 NBA draft. And we will know by the time this episode airs exactly what the official order is. I did my saging, I did my manifesting, I did my praying to the basketball gods that the Knicks get a top four pick. Mm. Um, I'm praying that the curse is broken because it seems like we are destined to get screwed every single year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a stat. Since landing Patrick Ewing, the Knicks have now gone 17 straight lotteries without improving their draft position. Wow. Seven times they fell back and 10 times they wound up exactly where they were projected to be. Mm. Tonight, it is expected to be number 18. But Mm. not if I have anything to do with it. I got my crystals. I got my sage. I got all my stuff. But the projected order, I'll just give you the top five. Houston Rockets with the best chance, Orlando Magic, Detroit Pistons, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Indiana Pacers round out the top five. My Knicks are all the way at number 11. Mm. Yeah, any any thoughts on the draft lottery tonight? I I don't got any thoughts. I'm telling you what's going to happen. Tell us what's going to happen, big dog. The Sacramento Kings will end up with a top three pick. Yes, sir. That's what I like to hear. This is why they will That's end up with a top like three right pick. Now the, the, right now, the Kings are projected at number seven. So you're saying they're going to jump. At they're least going what? to jump One, two, three, four, four spots. Four spaces. They're going four to jump spots. four spots at least. Here's Let's why. Number go. one, they got rid. They saged the building and cleared Luke Walton's energy out of it. Okay. Right? That's number one. Okay. Number two, Ash, you talked about 17 years that the Knicks haven't had a, a I guess, a pick that jumps up or what or whatnot it's been 17 straight lotteries where they have gone without improving their draft position in some way shape or form the sacramento kings haven't made the playoffs in 16 years 16 i haven't years. seen a championship since the 70s so they can wait in line okay <laughs> listen the sacramento kings needed a little bit worse than the knicks do no they don't they are dying. no they what? don't no, i think they, they do i think they do I Listen. think they do. Number one, they got Mike Brown in the house. Shout out to Mike Brown, head coach. It was looking real murky for him, real quick. Bro, against uh, you know, when he was you when guys, they was losing them knows, games. She know the Kings. I have more Coach Tibbs who doesn't believe in load management. He will run my players into the don't ground do if I don't get new the King, blood. The King, okay, the Kings no, need this. Why would y'all? Why would? Why do y'all need a top pick that y'all not gonna play? Right. He's gonna be bench. He's gonna be pinned to the end of the bench. We Listen. are in a rebuilding era. I need the this. The Kings I need need it more. Blood. You heard it here first. Y'all got Obi Topping. Y'all good. Dear you, Fox, you they heard, have yes. superstars. Oh, superstar. now Fox is a superstar? Now Sabonis is a superstar? De'Aaron Fox is a superstar. Or so oh, no. At least in Sab- the making. Sabonis going to be a superstar this year. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's your yeah. hot take, Lethal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, nah, I can see that. Small ball five. And they mm-hmm. whoever they draft top three mm-hmm. uh, is going to be a starter, too. I need it too. more than the Kings do. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. You being selfish. I Kings, don't care. It's Kings not, top three. Ain't my problem. <laughs> when when the Kings get their top three pick this year, I will buy a jersey and become a fan. Oh, deal. You heard it here first. Deal. Lottery tonight, deal. right? Well, let me ask you this: Did the NBA flattening the lottery odds help with the concept of tanking? Because Absolutely, mm. I think so. Because now there's less of an incentive. If you know, what I'm saying that the teams at the bottom, they they there's no guarantee. That they end up with one of those top three picks, yeah, right? Like, I mean, exactly. the Rockets did tank. You think they so? tank tanked? They tanked. Well, I think they was also just bad, 
Right. Like Oklahoma they, they had, City They had tanked. young teams. They had young no, players. Oh, the Thunder also tanked. Yeah. Some of these teams legit tanked. Well, they there's got to be. Did it where's with the a line? little bit more finesse. Where's the line that separates tanking from never really tried from the beginning? Right? The like, line, there was some I'll tell teams you what the that, line like, is. It's the New York State line. Because had the Knicks <laughs> pulled this crap, <laughs> we would have been punished. Okay? Oh, had my Had the goodness. Knicks benched decent players, good players, in the hopes of raising their draft stock, okay? We would have been punished. No, but well, you know, you, you guys are delusional. No, you do it in Houston, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's legal again. Y'all are delusional. Just... This is why y'all was at the what? How many? How many games behind five hundred? Talk about we still got a chance to make the play in. That y'all should have just Tim's tanked fault. it. No, that's the fans' fault. Y'all over here thinking, oh, look how many games we got. No, accept your fate. Ping pong mm. balls. Anyway, you know the vibes. Top four pick for the New York Knicks. Let's go. Manifestation, uh, putting in the universe. We'll find Please. out. I'm going with Please. the Kings, top three. Kings, yeah, Sacramento Kings. Right. Make me proud. I need make them me to proud. Do good I'm not even year. a fan. Right. I'm not right. even a fan, but I, I would love to see it. Right. They deserve it. I deserve it. I've been <laughs> suffering for my entire life. Yeah, I had, what do you so mean? Bad. Do you oh, know what it's man. like to not have a championship since the 70s? That's not even like that's asinine. I don't even think the King has the Kings ever won one. Um, let's find out. You can't right. miss what you've never had. Because if they haven't, they deserve it. They, you they can't deserve miss it what you've never had, Lethal. You can't miss what you've never had. Um, uh, okay. they won one in 1951. Damn. <laughs> um, and from there, it's been a drought. Still right. not my problem. Sorry. <laughs> no one told you to be in California Yo, with the Lakers and the and the Clippers. We're That's going on 70 years. No, right. more than 70. 71 years with no right. championship for the city of Sacramento. Right. Not what? just for the city of Sacramento. We're talking about from Kansas City to Cincinnati. Wow. The last time they won a championship, they was the Cincinnati Royals. But they get to be... The Cincinnati Royals. They get to be... They get to be abysmal in peace. I have to listen to the Nets comparisons every NBA season. Yeah, it's not do. fair. I need help. <laughs> okay? Let me breathe. No one's checking for them in Sacramento. Okay? Ash, Ash who's going to the... Who, who would you send to the lottery for the Knicks, right? Just to be there Jada as the face. Ooh, that's a give good me, one. Give me Jada. Give me Fat Joe. Oh, shit. You can only yeah. send one. Oh, I can only send one? Yeah. yeah. All right, give me, Joey, send... give, me, give me Fat Joe. Give me Fat Joe. Fat Joe? Okay. Yeah, for Who sure. Who would I send? Part of From me wants to send Hove. Part of me wants to send Spike Lee. I would but send he Spike Lee. Well, no, Hove, Hove, Hove don't mess Hove with the Hove is a Nets fan. He needs yeah, to back up out of my that's space. Unfortunate. That's unfortunate, yeah. man. Okay. Hove. Hater. You got to give me. I would I would. What about Spike either... Lee? No, no, no. I, Spike, I, saw, yeah. I saw Spike Lee at the Nets game. He could sit this one out, too. Hey, oh, listen. One team was playing basketball. The other wasn't. Don't care. You can't you blame never him. Go into, Damn, you never he go a basketball into, fan. You never go into <laughs> enemy You see this, Ash? Spike. I mean, you see this, Lethal? And I saw <laughs> him even clapping. Go to a Nets game. But he didn't even go to the game and just chill. He was clapping. And st- I'm not, I'm not biased. I'm, <laughs> nah, he was, looking, he, was wearing, he was standing up on the court Spike, looking like Spike a real is, fan. I'm not Spike is on my shit list, all right? Hey, Spike is from Brooklyn. Pull up to the clays. I'm sending either Jada, Fat Joe, or Adam Sandler. He's Adam, a real Knicks ooh, fan. Adam Sandler from New York? He's a real Knicks fan. You, you want to send oh. Tracy Morgan? That's a good one. I could have sworn I saw Tracy Morgan at a Nets game. Oh, no. Man, oh. don't let nobody step in a Nets game. They get they automatically off <laughs> They the automatically get their they Knicks card revoked. You really right. hate Word. to see it. Alright, that does it for 3 on 5. Let's switch it up and see what was popping on the timeline. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL. Yo, Lethal, you... You know you almost broke the internet during Game 7 of the Bucks and Celtics when you tweeted, I get three months with Giannis and it would be very, very scary. Ooh. 
I mean, I saw you tweeting some things, Lethal, about how you would fix this jump shot or whatnot. Not even going into detail. Well, number one, what's wrong? And number two, how would you fix it? The good thing about them type of takes, I couldn't tell y'all because, I mean, you could take my job. So just know, <laughs> just know, just know I know exactly how to fix Giannis jump shot and the different guys that I watch over time. And it's not far off. I think when people watch Giannis jump shot, they see it's far off. It's just it's just the smallest things that make the shot not consistent. I know 100% how to fix that jump shot because I've dealt with players before that have body types like Giannis that are just so strong that you have to teach them how to have a certain type of uh, softness to their shot so they can have a little bit more consistency. And, and I think I'm the man for the job. You know what I mean? So If you help him, tell him to tell – the to, to unblock social team you. Yeah, to yeah. Unblock. I'm crying. I got you. I got you. I'm, I'm, but but from a more broad standpoint, Lethal, you know, take me to the whiteboard. How like what does the process look like for you in terms of identifying where someone's shooting errors are and fixing them? Like where do you start with somebody? And maybe just, it's not Giannis. Maybe just, it's, it's just, me. Just, what if I walk in there into I just the gym? Wa- I watch yeah. you and I see what you do. He doesn't wrong. have that much time. On yeah. the <laughs> hey, I, listen, I, I ain't I ain't disagree. I watch you see what you do wrong, but from a professional standpoint i watch film and then i see the person the person um live and then i tell them exactly what they do wrong then i'll ask the person what are their favorite shots because i already know their favorite shots and then if they don't know i tell them all their favorite shots and i ask them what's their lowest percentage shot on the court and if they don't know i tell them and i ask them what's their highest because if you watch and listen to people like kobe they knew where their sweet spots were they knew where their low mm. percentage shot and i feel like people like Giannis, he's so great he's so awesome he's so unique but sometimes he takes shots in areas that I just know as soon as he shoots it, I know it's a miss That's because he's off, taking yeah. he's taking what the defense is giving to him. And I think he needs to be taught how to get to certain – like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant going to go to the spot he like. He going to go mm-hmm. to the spots. He's not going to take some off-the-wall shots. And I feel like Giannis was baited so much against the – they did a good job of baiting him to take certain shots that we were looking like, why the hell would he take that three or right. why would he – do certain things and that's where that's where you know people like me and different trainers who have the same type of certifications come to a hand and the bucks have the type of certification as well you know they probably just going to work with him this summer to fix those things i'm not the only person that can fix it but you know i was surprised that they got like four thousand retweets and people were like dming me and emailing i got like 600 emails do players like i mean men slided my dms but it's not to ask me for like yeah yeah help on things (laughs) it's a different that's a different show yeah do players like sliding your dms to like be like, yo, can you help me work on my shot or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Or how does that work? Yeah, so players that DM me or organization will hit me or um, a manager or um, an agency will hit me. But 9.9 out of 10, it's the agency hitting me up to uh, to train the guy. Um, but this this summer, I, I kind of scaled down. I'm not going to train as many people this summer because um, I'm going to be very delicate because certain people that I trained in the past, they didn't put in enough hours and time that I felt mm. that was needed. Like how – Bobby and Grant and different people put in the right amount of time that's shown. And I feel like, you know, if you're not serious about it, I'm not going to train you for two days and you could try to say that lethal train with you. So I, yeah, I really facts. scaled down this summer who are training. So, you know, definitely. That means you're out, Christian. Sorry. <laughs> Better luck next year. No, nah, I got, I got a, uh, I got, what's it called? Well, don't I got a spot? Oh, no, nah, I train you guys for free. You guys are family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, got, you guys are trying to discredit me. I'm yeah. trying to get that 10 day. Yeah. I need yeah, that yeah. corner three. You I feel me? You know the vibes. Let me see this man at Rucker this summer. I'm going to laugh. Oh, my hey, God. Ch- hey, listen, I'll pull up. Stop playing. I got I to gotta play on that new court. <laughs> Moving on to the next thing on the timeline. Ash, I see you Uh-oh. went off on a few fellas about the comments on the newest Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover model for mm. Yumi Nu of Yumi Nu. I mean, yeah. what happened? 
Mm. Um, what know, happened? Spicy Ash. You know, I think that we are in a an era where we're celebrating all types of body types, which is, I think is so important because mm. for the longest time in the media, we would glorify and, you know, celebrate women who looked a certain way. The and that's just tell the truth. You know, just slim supermodels. And that's a very small percentage of the population that looks like that. And I think that, you know, being more inclusive, you Mm. know, is not just about having, you know, different skin colors. It's about Mm. having different body types. Mm. And it's unfortunate that you see a woman who is in a size zero and you automatically call her fat or Mm. you're making jokes about her weight. I mean, Yumi's a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. She's not a toothpick. You know, she's a full-figured woman, but she's what a lot of women in this country look like. Mm -hmm. And women come in all shapes and sizes, and it should be celebrated. And I don't think something as superficial as your body type is what makes you beautiful as a woman or as a person in general. Mm. There are so many different layers to people, and it's sad that every time you think that we've made strides in how we view people especially women when there's so many things that young girls are dealing with in an age of social media from eating disorders and you know getting plastic surgery at super young ages Mm. to try to look like people who aren't natural themselves when you see a woman confident and and feeling sexy and beautiful in her own skin and the body that she has Mm -hmm. instead of uplifting her and supporting her you make fat jokes and you you bash her and it comes from men and it's just you know, no, there's nothing cornier than a man talking about a woman's body. Like, right. if you do it on the internet, if you do it in real life, you're a cornball. Right. And I don't care if she was a size 16, 5, 4, you probably still couldn't bag her. So you mm. might as well just, like, stay in your, you know, your arena and stop trying to shoot outside your field because you look mm. crazy. That's all I'm saying. That's all oh, I'm saying. Man. Like, just because, <laughs> fellas, just because she's not your cup of tea does not mean you have to then spit in that cup of tea. Right. Well there said, we Christian. Well said. And, and we need we need more of that. We need more um, people to just be be nice to people on social media. And, and I hope you guys see it too. My platform, I always try to post positive things because you never know what somebody's going through. You never know your comment can be the reason why somebody can feel low in themselves. So always just try your best to put out positive vibes. And to what Ashley was saying about the guys that say certain things. It's always that guy that's sitting on the couch lonely and he never did nothing in life. And he's just, you know, and he's just, just sitting in the house on the, on the couch, just eating microwave uh, dinners, just being negative to people. Just man, start spreading positive. Those are the same. All on his chest. Yeah. Just be positive to people guys. Like let's just have a positive world. You know what I mean? And if you don't have something positive to say, cause sometimes people have negative things, just don't say say nothing. Just go to another page. And I think also it's important for men to, when they see these type of comments, because everybody has a woman in their life, whether it's a Mm -hmm. wife, a girlfriend, a mother, an aunt, a sister, and all those women, come in all shapes and sizes different colors different walks of life and it's important that when men see other men bashing women you think about if that was a woman in your family and if you would like it and say something don't just like laugh don't you know encourage it don't make jokes about it stand up for it and be like yo it's it's corny like stop talking about women's bodies like you look corny like it's just weird it's it's corny and nobody likes it so the last thing that I saw on my timeline, and I think we all saw it, yeah, is one high, that. one high ass Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Kevin Durant on David on David Letterman's new show, My Guest Needs No Introduction, came on 
And he's been an advocate of weed, I mean, for, I wouldn't say as long as I can remember, but from the day it appears that he signed with the Nets, he mm-hmm. had that partnership with Weed Maps. He had that in his, his, his 35 ventures invested in different cannabis stocks and things like that. And now... He's taking it to the next level mm-hmm. on David Letterman's show, talking about, hey, yeah, weed slows me down, it calms me down after a stressful day, things like that. I mean, we saw it kind of happen in the bubble, I believe, where like guys were just, they were so detached from their families because they couldn't even have people in there playing in front of no crowds. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think we knew from then that, you know, we'd see more weed use. But like, I feel like the negative stigma of players smoking weed is starting to go away a little bit. What do you mm-hmm. guys think? I mean, I have yeah. to, I have to it, agree with you, but I think you know with these campaigns people need to explain to kids it's not cool to do it at a young age and oh, i think yeah. mm-hmm. i think with your favorite athlete saying stuff like that and you're like in the fifth or sixth grade mm-hmm. or something you're like oh shit it must be cool to smoke weed no like say what you're saying <laughs> but always but always <laughs> emphasize that like hey when 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 you're when an you, adult exactly and i think i think once they you know start talking that free speech how nba guys are doing it because they're not wrong we don't care what you do long as you ain't out here doing you know, the, I know the stuff I want to say, but like long as yeah. you're just keeping it cordial like that, cool. But make sure the way you're saying it is when that kid is watching it, they understand that that you're older. You know what I mean? I also, you know, I'm someone who is very pro marijuana. I've right. had conversations with my, you know, family members, my mom right. specifically, because she's been like she's like anti drugs. And right. I've had to tell her like I I'm someone who suffers from insomnia and that's mm. because my mind's constantly racing Same. and it's very difficult for me to fall asleep. Same. And I started smoking and doing edibles and things like that as mm. a way to just calm my body down so that I can sleep at night so I can get a nice sound sleep. And yeah. then, you know, as someone who works out consistently, it helps also with muscle recovery. It helps, mm. you know, with things like that. So there's benefits to it. And I think that it's more than just, oh, it's the gateway drug. Now you're going to be a heroin addict. Mm -hmm. No, like there's so many beneficial things. And, you know, it's better than popping like Advil PM or some of the other drugs that are out there to help you fall asleep or help you recover. It's it's more of a natural way of doing it. So I would just say for people who, you know, are on the fence or don't understand why all of a sudden, you know, you know, we're trying to reform the criminal aspect of it. Read about it, research yeah. it. You know, I don't think every, I think people think marijuana and everyone thinks Cheech and Chong and everyone's just walking around and like a hot box. Right. No, there are people who do it, you know, at, at the end of the night, much like a glass of wine to help mm. them calm yeah. down so that the next day they can be functional. There are people who yeah. have, you know, an issue um, with their appetite and they do it so that they can eat and get nutrition. There are people who, you know, have nerve damage and it helps them. So maybe they're not having twitches throughout the day. I mean, there's so many different ways that it can be used. And I think that's why you see people like Al Harrington and Alan Iverson, you know, they launched their um, cannabis, you know, company and even people like Russell Wilson and people are invested in yeah. certain cannabis companies. And, like, honestly, if we're going to reform marijuana, which we are in the process of doing it, please free the people from jail, mm, like yeah. who are in Talk jail it. for marijuana crimes. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that you have, you know, 17, 18 year old kids locked up because they had a dime in their pocket. Like, it's, well, it's different when ridiculous. it's different when the big dogs get in to make money, you know, yeah. just 
you know, you guys know how it is. The big dogs that sit back to see how the, the drug is being used and how they're monop- you know, making money off of it. Then they come in and make a certain type of way. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then now, once they do that, now certain type of people are in jail. It's just been like that since the beginning of time, you know? But Christian, I mean, you're in locker rooms. You write. You've had conversations with athletes. I mean, throughout your career, have you ever had any of those stories of, you know, mar- whether, you know, off the record or on the record, of you know how marijuana has helped them and you know been beneficial to them in their careers help them no i think we're in a a much safer place now to where athletes will be more willing to speak about weed than before because remember locker rooms haven't been open since covid hit covid hit the bubble came bubble came people started smoking more weed in the nba now it's a a more except widely accepted thing versus before you know Players didn't really talk about it that much, at least not to media, because... And the well, testing has changed, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, players were getting tested over and over and over. Now, I don't even think they're looking for weed in your, in, in these drug tests anymore. So, it's different. Um, nah, I haven't, you know what I'm saying? I haven't bumped into any players that's rolling a spliff and try to get on the spliff or nothing like that. Like, Never bumped into KD and be like, yo, what, nah, what you just hit, bro? If, I, if you... I do bump into him, I'm going to have to have a spliff on my own, because I know he ain't going to pass me his shit. <laughs> so, I got I to gotta pass him So, but nah, it's crazy. Oh, well, before we end the show, it's, you guys know what time it is. It's my segment, and you know what they say. Oh, by the way, before I say this, this is by far the best one before I say it. Keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer, and your elbow even closer to your body for that jumper. That Now, that was... Yeah, that was a, that was a Wayne bar right there. Okay, that was, Josh! That was, that that was, was way better. That, but I remember when we first started doing this, by the way. Oh, every, that might not every, be Josh, y'all. I, think I don't know. He, he, paid, though, he paid fabulous for that one. If it is Josh, he's literally giving you Instagram captions right. every single time. Right. Oh, no, do right. Hey, right. I think I think somebody else wrote that one. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the Certified Bucket of the Week. I'm going to give my Certified Bucket to Grant Williams. I think he did a mm. great job of capitalizing off Jason Tatum and capitalizing mm. off his teammates and knock down the open shot. I hate it had to be against my guys, uh, Bobby Portis and Grayson Allen and the Bucks, But, you know, that's what happens when you're training multiple guys in the NBA. And most importantly, shout out to the Celtics. You guys are doing a great job with the player development of your, of your players. And shout out to everybody on the Celtics organization for doing what it takes to continue to take the organization um, to the next level, man. So Grant yeah. Williams, keep up the great work. Stay within your game. Uh, you know, 18 threes is extremely a lot, but hey, you made some and continue to keep it up, brother. Do you think he can do it again? Well, I think I think anybody that I train is capable of doing things that other people talk think they can't talk. do. So talk I don't think he's talk. I don't think he's ever going to shoot 18 threes in a playoff game this year. But I think in the future, once people start realizing that he's worked on his game and what in life, if he continues to work on his craft. Um, he continued to get better because this is a guy that went from 25%, 37% to one of the top shooters in the NBA to 40-plus 40, 40 percent uh, this year. And I feel like if you continue to work on your craft the right way, you can get better. But who knows? You know, if he trains again this summer, I'll be ready. If he doesn't, I'll still be ready. So, you know, you know the way he's shooting right now, he, he looks great. I actually have a question for you that was asked of me by one of my followers to ask you on this platform. Mm-hmm. Was, okay. What is – the tick that makes somebody who's not a three-point shooter consistently get into a zone like that and just not be able to miss and then all Mm. of a sudden next game it just disappears because one would think if you're able to do it in one game you should be able to replicate and that's in some way shape Mm. or form in another but sometimes you just catch fire what is it about a moment a game you know a night that is just the perfect storm 
for that kind of a performance. Yeah, well, it was probably adrenaline was pumping. He was playing um, in front of his home team. He felt good. Um, he was probably getting some shots that he felt comfortable with. If you notice in all the shots that he had, it wasn't like he had to like do what Kevin Durant has to do, like jab, step, shoot, yeah. or step back, or step back, or, or sidestep. It was all catch and shoot. So that's like, you know, that's something that he's worked on every single day in the drills that I go over with him um, as well. I mean, that's what, what NBA player can't catch and shoot, but can a lot of NBA players go eight for 18? Absolutely not. But how many times has he taken that many threes in his career? Never. So we're just seeing somebody that's starting to grow and become better in himself and building more confidence in himself to become an elite shooter because what your, what your followers asking is a great question because a lot of guys can't do it because a lot of guys don't work on it. I mean, I don't know how many times Grant Williams this season's probably made five plus threes but it was probably a lot of numbers and he's been actually shooting the pill off the ball but he does a good job of understanding it's not about him it's about Tatum it's mm -hmm. about Jalen Brown and it's about everybody else because as a role player once you start thinking that you need to do this for your team to win shoot right. all these shots you're going to miss a lot of shots Ash and 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 yeah. that's why you have to just remain humble be ready to shoot the basketball when the ball comes to you and he had a few moments that you know, he just caught and thought he was Steph Curry, and I'll call him and talk to guys like, "Bro, that was a that was a good shot, but you're not there yet. And next yeah. year, we want you to take those type of shots." What's that? What's that meme of the guy in the supermarket when he goes, "You're not that guy, pal." Yeah, yeah, I'm not that guy. Yeah, yeah don't <laughs> take those type because for you're real, not that guy, pal. for real, he in a perfect world, he shouldn't have took 18. He should have. It should have been like eight for 14. Like, it was one shot. It was, like, three seconds left in the shot clock. They threw it at him at one. He shot, like, a fadeaway falling into the crowd uh, three. And I'm like, bro, just just catch <laughs> just it and don't up. shoot it. Right, right, right. That's funny as hell. That's yeah, hilarious. So. Listen, I got to give my certified bucket to a guy who could not miss in who? game seven. Who? That's oh, Luca. Yeah. Oh. Luca. Yeah. Listen, I mean, we've been talking about Luca all show. I'll make it short and sweet. He's the real deal. If you didn't think Luca was that guy, he has shown you he is that guy. And the Mavs got to do right by their guy, regardless mm -hmm. of how this series plays out, whether or not the Mavs advance, whether or not they get sent home. You have seen what Luka can do solo dolo. Now you got to see what he can do with the right construct of this team. It's mm. only right. Do not waste these pivotal years in his career. Mm. All you're going to do if you continue to ride him without any substantial help is deteriorate his longevity and you do not want to do that to a, a generational talent, a superstar like Luca. Mark Cuban, you got the money. If you need the money, pull it out of your own bank account, pay that luxury <laughs> tax, whatever you have to do, get this man some help. Dallas is not going anywhere if you do that because Luca is only going to continue to get better. Do right mm. by Luca. That's all I'm going to say. Piggybacking on that, I mean, they tried to do right by Luca, right? They tried to trade for Porzingis, or they tried mm -hmm. they they traded for Porzingis, that went south. And what they do? They traded Porzingis for who? Spencer Dinwiddie, mm -hmm. who is my certified bucket of the week. Respect. Because 11 for 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3 for 30 points off the Killer. bench. Talk about, talk about Luka needing help. There's your help right there. If Spencer Dinwiddie's giving you 25 a game in the playoffs. That's tough. With mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson playing the way he's playing, with no one able to guard Luka, you know what I'm saying? I think that's tough. So, yeah, Spencer, I mean, we knew that he was capable of doing this. I think people forget the Nets played their last game of the season in L.A., before COVID hit, right? Before everybody mm -hmm. went into the bubble. Spencer Dinwiddie went to LA and hit a game winner. 
Right there, buzzer-beating game winner to win that game against LeBron's Lakers before everybody went into the bubble. He has made he he's made some really big shots mm-hmm. in his career. Uh, he is I wouldn't say he's capable of being that maybe second best player on the championship team. He could certainly be your Tyler Hero. He could certainly be your sixth man. And, and he's got my certified bucket. He's got to bring it this week though, because the Warriors waiting game. on him. The Warriors is waiting on him, and it's not gonna be easy. He got to go off. So. Golden State Warriors. I love when they do that in the game. Say Warriors. It's, Come it's out like, and play. It's exactly like that. It's exactly yeah. the same energy. It's yeah, like almost chilling. Movie. It's hey. almost chilling. Like. Come out here. We just want to talk to you. We ain't gonna jump you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. Meanwhile. All right, guys, before we wrap up this episode of Certified Buckets, because we have officially come to the end, I got to get your predictions for this game tonight. Boston, Miami, who's Mm. winning it? Go ahead, Christian. I got the upsets. I got Boston going into Miami and winning. And I got Dallas. Yeah, and I got Dallas going into Oracle Arena and winning as well. Wow, Mm -hmm. two upsets in game one. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Lethal, which way are you leaning? Lethal gets stressed every time we go ahead and (laughs) give him these scenarios. These dudes dudes be hitting me up on the back end, you know what I mean? So I'm going to go. Oh, they listening to us then? Yeah. I'm going to go with only because they just finished playing, I'm going to go with the Celtics because they're in the flow, which I already said before. Okay. And then for the Warriors, uh, uh, Mavs, I'm gonna have to go with the Warriors only because they've been here before. I don't think they're. I don't think the Mavs are gonna win Game One. Mm. Let's find out. Yeah. I'm going Warriors Game One. Okay. I'm doing and I think right. the Celtics are gonna be a little bit tired off that Game Seven. I'm going Heat Game One. Okay. Mm. And let the record show mm. that I was the only one who accurately predicted the last time we had this conversation, where I said. That both Phoenix and Golden State would win their game sixes, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I'm getting tired of these predictions, Ash. I need I'm you to just stop. Saying. I just need saying. you to relax. These are these just are saying. I'm just saying. Hashtag Astrodomus. No. But on that note, we have come to the end of this episode of Certified Buckets. Do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And don't be afraid to shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets, and we are on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you, and if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on the next show. Until next week, where we'll have a lot to talk about, Peace. We out. Peace. Peace. Love chicken grease.